we're going to jump right on into our time to get into God's Word. If I haven't gotten to meet you yet, my name is Levi. I'm one of the pastors here. And I'm, if I haven't gotten to meet you yet, I'm so glad that you're here with us at CA Students. Uh, what we spend some time doing every week is getting into God's Word. Because here at CA Students, we believe that when we open God's Word, we find God's voice. Amen? Amen. And so uh, that's what we want tonight. Uh, we're not here for another extracurricular. We're here for the living God. Amen? <laughs> Amen. So um, we've been in a teaching series called On Purpose. We've been talking about how God has created us. And because he's the creator, he's assigned us a glorious purpose. We're not looking. We're not trying to discover our own purpose. We're not trying to invent a purpose. We're not trying to just survive. God is the creator, and he's given us a purpose, and that purpose is to glorify him by loving God and by serving others. The thing is, that doesn't just happen automatically. It doesn't happen on accident. If you want to live your purpose, you need to live your purpose on purpose. So that's what we've been talking about. How do we do that, and how do we do that together at CA Students? Um, as kind of a way of illustration, who uh, is casual or intense a Mario Kart enjoyer? Mario Kart. Yes. Amen. Amen. Right. Maybe if you're just like, even if you're vaguely familiar with Mario Kart or you've seen the Mario movie, which you all should, envision this. You're in first place, uncontested first place, and you're cruising. You're on the final lap. Nothing could go wrong, right? Wrong. What's coming for you? The blue shell, right? And if you don't know what's happening in Mario Kart, the blue shell is an item that anyone can get, and it will find the person in first place and destroy them. <laughs> and then everyone will pass them, right? And it's deeply discouraging, <laughs> right? But here's the thing. It's, it's a game about a race, right? And your race could be going well. Everyone intends to get first place. Everyone intends to finish their race, right? But life is actually a little bit like Mario Kart. You're not just running a race in a vacuum, like nothing else affecting you. You're running your race, but there are things, there are forces set against you that would seek to take you out of the race. This is what scripture teaches us, right? And so the reality, and if you're taking notes, this is the first point on the handout. If you're casually observing, note this in your mind, right? That everyone intends to finish their race, but not everyone defends their race. Everyone intends to finish their race, but not everyone defends their race. This is what God's word says in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, that's chapter 11 of Hebrews, talking about all these incredible people that ran the race of faith. It says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer or the beginner, and the perfecter or finisher of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him, think about him, who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. See, students, the Bible compares living your life for God to running a race. 
And everyone intends to finish the race. Everyone intends to win the race, but not everyone defends their race from what might be against you. We've talked about how to live on purpose following Jesus, right? To do worship on purpose, to do the Christ-centered life together, to do family on purpose, and to not just receive the gifts of the gospel, but to also join the mission of the gospel, to extend God's kingdom on purpose as well, right? And so maybe you started some of that, and you're like, this is awesome, and you're excited, but at some point along the way, living your life on purpose for God got hard. Maybe your alarm clock went off, and you're like, I just don't feel like waking up to read my Bible and worship God in this moment. I've never been there. <laughs> I have, right? Maybe you're doing the Christ-centered life together, and then someone in that family of God hurts your feelings. Maybe you're feeling a little bit anxious or worried, and that's paralyzing you from having a conversation with someone about what your faith means to you to extend the kingdom of God, right? Everyone sets out to finish the race, but not everyone intend or defends their race. According to this passage, there's a race marked out for us, but the danger is growing weary and losing heart. So what are we going to do? See, students, as a family, we're not just going to have good intentions. We're not just going to have good ideas, but we're going to defend our race. And we're going to defend each other's race. And so how are we going to do that? Here's the second point. Defend your race against sin and distraction. Defend your race against sin and distraction. That first verse said, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. It's, it's imagery almost of like a net being thrown over you as you try to run your race, right? And so the, it mentions sin, but it also mentions just, and, and whatever else is going to hinder you, right? Anything else that would distract you, hold you back from living your life with God. First of all, there's sin, right? Now, sin, the Bible talks about sin. It's simply rebelling against God. It's knowing God is the creator and he's prescribed a certain way of living and saying, I'm just going to live my way instead. And so if you think about it in those terms, sin is actually the opposite of your purpose, right? Because our purpose is to glorify God by loving him and loving others. But sin is seeing that and saying, no, I'm going to do something else instead. Sin will take you out of the race. It will sideline you. The other thing that's so scary about sin to me is it can cause us to spiral. And what I mean by that is some, when we sin, what it leads to is shame. And it makes us want to hide from God and others. But you know what the only solution to sin and shame is? God's grace. And so sin wants, it makes you want to do the thing that is the opposite of what will save you. And, and then you, because you feel apart from God, it makes it that much easier to sin again. And then sin again. And so CA students, how do, we, how do we fight against sin? The Bible just talks about confession and repentance. James 5.16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. I love that verse because there are other verses that talk about being forgiven by God. But when we confess our sins to each other and pray, we're not just forgiven, we're healed. And we can live differently. But it's not just sin. It's not just choosing bad things. It's also distraction. It's choosing anything that's not God before God, right? There are, see, students, there are a million and a half good things you could give your life to, right? And I think it's good and worthwhile 
to save the whales and turtles and dolphins and whatever else our straws are going to kill, right? I think it, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. And we should do that, right? We should save the dolphins, right? However, that's not the greatest thing. The most important thing is loving and glorifying God by loving him and loving others. And if there is any good thing that is trying to become the ultimate thing in your life, that's a distraction. And so I'm not saying don't do good things. I'm saying don't put them above the ultimate thing. But if we're being honest, we all know it's not just good things that we can put above. There, there are like a million things that aren't evil, but they're also just, they suck time away from our lives, right? There's like spending so much time on video games, on social media, on just kind of doing nothing, right? Meandering across the internet, which is a terrible thing to do, right? There are ways that we just give our time away. And hear me, I'm not saying that you can't do some of these things in moderation, right? There, there's, a, there's a healthy way to engage in some of these things as long as they honor the Lord, right? But what I am saying is you need to be aware if these other things are eclipsing your purpose. What's, what's getting the most and the best of my time? If it's not the most important thing, that's an issue, right? And I, that might mean that my purpose is being distracted, and that's something that I need to cast off so I can run the race without restriction. Here's what I want a little tool I want to give you. Never put the urgent before the important. One time I was at, in college, and I had some homework to do, and that was due tomorrow. So it was important, but not terribly urgent. I got home to my dorm, and my roommate said, Levi, Smash Bros, now. Smash Bros, not important, very urgent. <laughs> very urgent. It was happening now, right? CA students, when you do the urgent before the important, you're letting distraction sideline you from your race. And so this is what I, what is what I want to call you to do. You... FOMO will eat you and your purpose alive. And so I invite you to join me, not as someone who does it perfectly, but someone who's given it all I got, to choose to miss out on lesser things so that I don't miss out on the greatest thing. You know how many shows I don't watch that I think would be cool? My wife knows, right? You know how many, like, video games and sports and all these kinds of things that I want to do that would be great, that are not bad things, that are good things that I don't do, it's because I have something more important to do. See you, students. And so I just want to, again, I'm not someone who does this purposely, per perfectly, but I am someone who does it purposefully. <laughs> would you join me in that? Let's be on guard together to not let the urgent come over the important. Last thing, last point I want to make is we defend our race by focusing on the prize. We defend against sin and distraction by focusing on the prize. If you read that Hebrews verse again, it says, Jesus, while he's on the cross, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning his shame. Some people, at least me at some points, and I'm sure other people in this room, feel like sometimes following God is just your duty, right? It's just the right thing to do, and I'm just going to grin and bear it, right? I'm just going to get through See, students, following Jesus is not just a should. It's a get-to. It's not just duty. It's joy, and it's delight. 
And I want to encourage you, if you only try to deny sin and distraction, if you only focus on not doing that, you're going to fail. Because they're going to come right back into the space that you left. If you really want to put away sin and distraction, you must then fill the space they left with God, with enjoying and delighting in him. This, this verse in Proverbs I'm about to read has been blessing me so deeply. It goes like this, Proverbs 27, 7. One who is full loathes, that's fancy for hates, honey from the comb. And in the Bible, honey, it's the creme de la creme. It's the sweetest. It's the best. It, and when it comes to food, it's the pinnacle of all goodness, right? One who is full hates honey from the comb. But to the hungry, even what is bitter tastes sweet. What is this verse saying? This verse is saying, see students, that if you don't fill up on God, you're going to be hungry for sin and distraction. You're, you are going to look for purpose. And you're going to find lesser purpose in sin and distraction. And because you're hungry, even what's bitter will taste sweet. But see, students, the opposite is also true. If you're full on God, those things won't have any power over you. When I go to In-N-Out and I have budget freedom, <laughs> I'm sorry, laughing. I like to get two double-doubles and three fries because I'm a growing boy. As the hobbits say, growing sideways, right? After I eat that, you know what else I want to eat? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing sounds good. I've eaten too much, and I don't want to eat anything else. And I'm sure you've experienced that at some point in your life, CS students. Can I tell you that's what it can be like with sin? You can be so full of God that when sin and distraction comes to you, you can just say, I'm full. See, students, just that phrase, it so strengthened me. Just this past week since I've been preparing this talk, when sin, sin and distraction have come my way, I've just smiled and said, I'm full. Because God's so good. He's so satisfying. There is so much depth of joy and contentment in his presence. And if you don't feel that yet about God, I want to encourage you, enjoying, just liking God, it's an acquired taste. Why? Because according to scripture, we're being saved from the dominion of sin and darkness and being brought into his glorious light, as <laughs> scripture says. There's some transition there. There's growth that happens there. And so if you don't like just naturally like, man, I just love being around God, that's okay. That's something that needs to be grown, right? And so don't believe the enemy's lie that says, oh, I'm just not a God person. It's, oh, I just don't have that taste yet. This is me with certain fancy cheeses and chocolates, right? I'm still learning how to like those things. I know they're better than the low-quality things that I enjoy. I'm learning to like them. And CA students, if you don't delight in God yet, don't give up. Don't give up. That can be true of you. When you hear about people just enjoying God and you're like, I don't get it, stick with it. You can acquire that taste. And it's the sweetest that there is. Last thing I want to say is don't just consider your general purpose, right? It's like your purpose is to uh, glorify God by loving him and loving others. That's true. But you need to consider what your specific purpose is, right? Factor in your, the gifts God has given you, the passions God has given you, 
even like the location and time into which you were born, that all factors into your specific purpose. You need to know that. That's when things get really exciting, CA students. And the way I, another way I want to call us to keep our eyes fixed on the prize is imagine the results of your purpose lived out. Imagine a friend of yours that you love and care about that doesn't yet know God coming to know God. Can you imagine that? That's worth it. And not just that short-term result, but think of the long-term result. When Jesus comes back and we see him face to face and he says, well done, good and faithful servant. Like, if that's in my future, I can go through anything right now. I can endure anything right now. I can say no to any sin and distraction because I'm full. And that's what's ahead for me. So CA students, everyone intends to finish their race, but not everyone defends it. Let's not just start on purpose, let's stay on purpose. And CA students, the only way this is going to work is it not only that we defend our races, but we defend each other's races too. And that's why we're here. And that's why we're about to go to life groups. So I'm begging you, defend your race against sin and distraction by keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus. Amen? God, thank you for your word. Thank you for speaking to us. God, I pray that we would be encouraged as we consider ways that we can remain faithful to you. I just, yeah, Lord, I just want to pray specifically for anyone that feels like they just don't, they may obey you, they may love you in a duty sense, but they don't yet like you and they want to. God, would you give them an, ex an experience of that? Would you give everyone in this room an experience of being full on your presence so that nothing else, no sin, no distraction appetizes them? I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.